Hello, Amish Furniture fans, and welcome back to the Amish Furniture Podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, you've found a podcast that will bring you behind-the-scenes stories about what it's like to work with the Amish, tips about shopping for Amish furniture, and more. I'm Beth Rice, and I've been working for Dutch Crafters Amish Furniture as a content writer for five years. And I'm Milka Rivera, and I've been working for Dutch Crafters, the largest online retailer of Amish furniture, for four years. On today's episode, we are going to be taking you step-by-step step through the process of how Amish furniture is built. Buying Amish furniture is very different from buying furniture in a big box store. There's a lot more involved in the building of the furniture, and customers are offered a lot more options than what you'd find in a store. Exactly how does it work? What goes into the building of Amish furniture that makes it so special? That's what we're covering on today's episode, the Amish furniture building process. I want to start out by saying um, that typically when you buy Amish furniture online, it is not prefabricated, so it's not sitting in a warehouse waiting for you to order it. It's made when you order it, and that's why there are typically countless numbers of options to choose from for just one piece of furniture. So as an example, I'm on our website right now and I'm looking at our Amish Ziegler pedestal dining table, which is one of our top sellers, by the way. And I mean, the list of available options is long. You can choose from a variety of table sizes, um, table extensions, table slides. If you want to add, you know, uh, extensions onto your skirts, um, different table edge options, wood types. Um, once you fit your wood type, you get to choose your finish, leaf locks, varnish. There are just so many options to choose from. So again, you know, that furniture is being made specifically for you. And because of that, it also means that you have to be patient because it's going to take time to build your furniture. Absolutely. And we don't want anyone shopping for Amish furniture, wherever you're shopping for it, whether it's Dutch crafters or elsewhere, to feel intimidated or or stressed by the process. Um, instead, we want to share the uniqueness of it and the fact that this is a way to build your dream furniture, to get the furniture into your home that has the features and the look and the wood type and the stain color um, that you are, you've been dreaming of. And, you know, wherever um, customers um, are shopping, I know particularly here at Dutch Crafters, you, you can get help with the different aspects of the furniture, with the different custom options that you're looking for. We are here to answer your questions. I know here uh, at Dutch Crafters, we've got a great team of furniture specialists that you can email or call, and they are a wealth of information about all things Amish furniture. Uh, they're our connection to the wood shops. Um there's also our learning center, which is host to uh, the video library and our Timber to Table blog. And those are great resources uh, to help you learn about table edges and um, dining table extensions and uh, upholstery options and all of those specifics that go into building custom furniture. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's get into once you make your decision and you order your furniture, what happens next? So you make your decisions and order your furniture, uh, as you said, Milka, then the order is processed and verified by the store before it's faxed or mailed to an Amish wood shop. Once the wood shop receives the order, it adds it to their list, complete with all the details that you've chosen, the customizations, and they begin working on it um, as soon as they're able. They'll select the proper wood type that you've chosen from their lumber pile and set to work with initial steps. 
So from there, the building process begins. And depending on what piece you're having built, of course, that process is going to vary. So um, like your solid tabletops, your storage pieces, your bed headboards and other items would be made by glue ups, which is when the lumber They'll take lumber that's consistent in coloring and grain patterns. They'll select them and then they glue them together into a solid panel. With table legs, um, it might be that you'll see just one piece of lumber and sometimes the table legs get turned on a lathe um, and other times they'll be just cut into shape. Then there's like chair legs and backs. Um, sometimes those will require steam bending, which is a process where the lumber is put in a steamer and that softens the wood and it allows it to be bent into a curve shape. And you'll often see this on Windsor chairs, um, you know, on the armrests and the back arches um, where they're made of a of a single steam bent piece of wood. And I recently learned something interesting about Windsor chairs. And that is that they were actually one of the first pieces of indoor furniture of, of indoor wood furniture that were used as outdoor wood furniture. And the reason why is because they were really light and typically it's the seat that is made out of like a, a, a lighter wood. So an example is with our construction, you'll often see the seat is made out of poplar. Um, and then the back and the legs will be made out of, um, a high, a harder, heavier wood but it still makes it easy to carry the chair around. So I thought that was really neat. And it kind of shows how some of those old world techniques are still being used even today. Yes. And this is just one of the differences you'll see just with that one piece of furniture with chairs. When you're looking for Windsor chairs and you're shopping Amish furniture, that um, process you described Milk, I believe, is called the multi-construction wood option, where they use three different wood types uh, in the building of the chair. Um, and we actually speak about it a little bit in one of our blogs. We have a whole Windsor chair series on our Timber to Table blog. Um, it's a three-part series about Windsor chairs. So if you love everything Windsor, take a look at it. But it's just one of the uh, differences in shopping for Amish furniture versus say, spotting a Windsor chair or a Windsor-style chair in a big box store. When I got to visit a number of the wood shops in Ohio on one of our company trips there, this process, it takes part throughout the, the shop. Let me see if I can break it down a little bit. We, we entered in one area and we were shown the lumber piles, all the different types of wood are, are stacked and um, available for when the the woodworkers are ready to pick out the best boards for what they're going to start building. We were shown over to an area specifically for building drawers, uh, and we saw pieces of wood had been picked out to build enough drawers uh, for the orders that had come in for the week. So there was wood stacked uh, pretty high because there were a number of drawers for them to craft for for case pieces. And um, we watched the process of them, you know, cutting the wood for the dovetail joinery in the drawers, um, shaping it, sanding it, uh, putting the drawer together, uh, testing it for its strength. And this is just one little part of, of a 
of a case piece, a very important part, of course, but so much goes into just that, that one piece. I remember seeing some of the headboards that had been made with just incredible detail. Um, some of the more formal style uh, headboards with the rounded finials, and they were they were just stunning to see. It's true craftsmanship. So, like you said, um, the time that's involved uh, is one thing, but in the end, it's so worth it. Yeah, definitely. After the initial shaping is done, some shops will actually use machines specially designed to replicate certain shapes. We've talked about this in some of our other podcasts about um, the use of machinery and to what degree it is used in different Amish wood shops. Others uh, rely more heavily on wooden templates and measurement tools that help define and replicate the angle of a cut or the curve of a piece. Sometimes routers are used to round off sharp corners and details like ebony inlays are added um, at this stage of construction. These pieces are individually sanded after construction, many by hand, to smooth out the wood grain and flatten any rough patches in the wood. I remember again when we visited the wood shop seeing uh, their tools hanging up and the templates, so many templates just there for them to, to grab when they needed to, to use them. Um, walking through the wood shop is, is really an experience to see all the tools that they use and the techniques that they employ. And there's so many templates uh, hanging up for them to grab just the size that they need or the shape that they need. Um, for example, templates for perhaps a round, a rounded coffee table edge that come in different sizes. They'll need a different template for each size, um, but they're all right there for them to grab and use as they start to build the furniture. It's really a sight to see. I think I remember seeing photos of that in one of the blog posts that you wrote. You know, you took some photos and I don't think I put two and two together that those were templates. I was just like, oh, look at these beautiful designs. You know, they hang on their walls because aren't are they like the templates are made of wood as well? Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all hanging up there and yeah, but it's artwork. They are just, <laughs> look at what we've created, this beautiful art. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> so all this careful selection of wood um, and the initial steps that we've described, this is all what's going on while customers are going through their wait time. I know here at Dutch Crafters, we do our best to try and give the customer an idea of how long it will be, a very, um, you know, honest idea of how long they'll need to wait, which is usually, I believe, Milka, between six and anywhere from six to 16 weeks if it's not a quick ship piece. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's typically it. I know with COVID, we were seeing, you know, slightly longer wait times and um, that's still a little bit of an issue. I think it just messed up the supply chain so much and that's not exclusive to us either. You know, right. a lot of other companies are kind of feeling that right now. Um, so, you know, I've seen, I think I've seen like 18 to 20 weeks, but um, yeah, typically six Six to 16 weeks, I would say, is is a good amount of time. And, you know, it really all depends on the wood shop. You know, we've talked about how in previous podcasts about how some wood shops are smaller and some are larger. So, of course, if they have more people, the build time might be a little bit faster. But it could just be that it's like a dad and a, you know, son working together. And so that build time might be a little bit longer, too. So, um, but yeah, but they're definitely putting a lot of care into your piece and making sure that it's built right. And as we've discussed before, they take a lot of pride in what they build. So they want it to be perfect the first time around. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are the steps that are going on during, during those waits. All right. So now we're getting into the assembly of the pieces. Um, so each 
piece of the furniture will be brought together and it'll be assembled. And sometimes this is, I'm going to say as simple as, but I'm going to, I've never built furniture in my life, but I'm going <laughs> to assume it's still not a simple process, even though some people make it look easy, um, where you're sliding the pieces together and then gluing them. Um, sometimes in the assembly process, you might see um, screws or nails. Um, I can't remember which podcast episode it was, but we talked a little bit about the use of, you know, screws or nails in your pieces. And typically it gets, it, it will get put in just to add some extra stability and durability to the piece. It might not actually even need it, but they want to make sure that your furniture is going to last um, beyond your lifetime. So they're going to do everything they can to make sure that it's extra durable. But, you know, the process is always going to include some elements of trial and error. You know, there might be some issues with fitting it together and then they're going to pull it apart and re-sand it or reshape it and try it again. Um, but then after assembly is complete, some pieces need to be partially disassembled for finishing and delivery. And after that, the furniture is moved to finishing, like one of our finishing chops. Could be that the woodworker themselves does the finishing or it gets transferred to a truck to a separate finishing shop. And that was episode one, misconceptions about Amish furniture that you were referencing when we talked about, do the Amish use screws and nails in their furniture? And we were dispelling the myths. You're right. You have excellent memory. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> so you just left off about when it's headed to the finishing shop. And at the finishing shop, uh, the details of the job are verified. And when it's your furniture's turn, it's time to head to finish. The first step in finishing, if applicable, is distressing. Many distressing options are available, including hand planing, sandblasting, things like wire brushing, or other methods of manual distressing with tools. And this task is truly an art form. And, you know, we invest time in um, exploring distressing on, on our site here at Dutch Crafters. We do have blogs and videos about it that breaks it down. Um, so you can see some of the craftsmanship and some of the artistry that goes into distressing, um, it, it really is, um, it really creates some furniture that are works of art. Uh, all these different techniques that they use to make the markings on the wood are, are unique. Um, the distressing, um, if you want to learn more about it, just take a peek at some of those videos in our learning center and you'll see some great distress pieces. Yeah, I agree. Um, just getting to see, like you said, it, it really is it really is a work of art, like, and just the different options. I remember when we went to a show in Indiana and I saw uh, like furniture that had been wire brushed. I mean, it's incredible. There has to be so much care that goes into that so that it's not too much and it's still a piece that somebody wants to have in their home. And I just remember being so impressed by wire brushing and thinking that I wanted wire brushed furniture like all over my house. Um, <laughs> I've since changed my mind, not because it's beautiful, but it's definitely like a certain look, you know, for a certain style. So, yes. but yeah, it's gorgeous. Definitely check out those blog posts that Beth mentioned. All right. So then after the initial distressing, the furniture is going to generally be sanded and then it's going to be sent to get painted or stains and stains are generally wiped on or they're sprayed on and then they get wiped off by hand. It's this whole process. Um, then the stain it, or the paint is left to dry and then the specialty finishes may require like a hand rub distressing and then a second coat of finish. 
Then after the stain is dried, a catalyzed conversion varnish, which Beth, I'm going to let you talk to us a little bit more about that catalyzed conversion varnish. You've written a blog post about this because this is a question that we get asked often. And I want to say that it it helps to add kind of to the durability of the finish as well, but I could be wrong, but it gets sprayed on and it like helps to protect the wood and give it a subtle sheen. And then finally the doors are installed and the hardware, um, like the drawer and the door handles are added and then your furniture's ready. It is, it's amazing to see the stains are wiped on or sprayed on and then wiped off by hand. I remember seeing a chair where they had put on the stain and then they're, they move right in with these rags and they're rubbing and rubbing and rubbing the wood um, and at lightning speed, I mean, very, very quickly um, because they you can't just let it sit on there. They have to get in there and get it wiped in a timely manner. Um, but it's it's incredible to see how they go after putting on the stain and the finish and, and the the steps involved in it. Milka, you brought up the, the ever important catalyzed conversion varnish, and it, it's made up of two parts, a finished liquid and a hardener. It's considered like the golden standard uh, for, for finish. And the reasons that it's important is because it makes your furniture more durable. Um, it will resist scratches, heat and moisture, and it just, it protects the color and the texture of the wood. Um, so just a little bit about the, the varnish that's that's added towards the end of the process there. And you mentioned, you know, after the the doors are, are installed and the hardware is put on, the furniture is ready for delivery. And it's at that point that a delivery driver will arrive and carefully wrap and pack your furniture in their truck or trailer and depart for your part of the country. Um, and this delivery process and experience is unlike others. Um, our furniture is wrapped, the majority of it is blanket wrapped. It's not all in cardboard boxes or things like that. We delivery people are careful to to wrap it carefully so that it, we protect the wood. Mm-hmm. They make sure they wrap everything well, as you mentioned, to help protect the furniture. Then you don't have to worry about any of those things, right? So as we touched on a tiny bit before about how long this takes, all in all, this process can generally take anywhere from 6 to 16 weeks, which can feel like a long wait. But considering all that goes into a new piece of custom solid wood furniture, the the builders and the woodworkers are really pretty efficient to get it done that quickly. Yeah, I mean, 6 to 16 weeks is still pretty good. And, you know, as you've mentioned, you're getting a piece that is specifically made for you that while someone have might have something that looks similar, there's always going to be, you know, variations in the wood, the way the stain went on, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's literally like your own piece of furniture. Nobody has that same exact piece. Exactly. And that's what's one of the things that's so special about it. Um, and when I think of it with us sharing this today in this podcast about the building uh, process, I keep thinking, I just wish there was a way we could provide more visuals. And actually, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking that we can, because in our video library, we do have um uh, footage from inside shops. There's a great um, video. I believe it's the Millcraft Wood Shop, and c- customers can actually go through the Amish Wood Shop and see what the activity and what's going on in there. So that's a great video to check out. If you'd like to take a look at that video, um, you can just on our Dutch Crafter site. You can just search Millcraft 
tour. It's a great peek at what goes on in the Amish woodshop. You can really get to view some of these steps that we talked about today. And we do have blogs like we talked about before that have photos from inside the wood shops because we can describe it and take you through it, but um, that can give you a little peek inside as well. Yeah. I had forgotten about that video. I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm going to go give it another look after this one because um, it's it's a, just a really fun one to watch too, to see just the whole building process from the beginning to the end. All right. Well, we hope that this information has been helpful for you to understand what goes into making Amish furniture as well as the value of customizations. If you have any comments or questions about the Amish furniture building process, or perhaps you've purchased Amish furniture and would like to share your experience, we would love to hear from you. Please send your stories, comments, and questions to podcast at dutchcrafters.com so we may share them with your fellow listeners in a future episode. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like or leave a review and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. We'll be coming back next week with another good one. And I believe we're going to have an Amish expert on air. That sounds great. And we thank you so much for listening and we'll meet you here again next week. Next week.